Thank you, choir, for the wonderful uh, song, uh, very uh, appropriate uh, song for us. We are created in God's image, Imago Dei, the image of God, uh, in Latin. God created us in the image of God. That's what was that's what we what he we hear in the creation story. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them. So God created us in his image. But not only God created us in God's image, God gave us the ability to be able to understand God through that image. God, you cannot see physically with your physical eyes. You can only understand and know God through the image. And God gave us that image within us. So through that image, we understand God. That's how we understand God. That's how we know God. No matter how long you wait, you, can, you won't be able to see God physically. But in, through the image, we can understand and get to know God, encounter God. But the problem is, that image is distorted because of your sins. That image is wrecked. Not only that image was distorted, we human beings now try to create God in our image. So we create our own God and follow God. We call it idol. Forgetting that we are creating God's image, we try to create God in our own image. So our image of God is very distorted. When, Je when Jesus came to this world, he saw, he looked around and saw that this image is totally distorted. And, and this, uh, because, of, uh, because of distorted image, they cannot really see who God was and they cannot understand God. Jesus saw that so clearly. I mean, they say that they know God. They say they talk about God all the times, but they don't have right understanding of God because their image was distorted. They were blinded. They could neither see God nor understand God. Jesus gave us today's story to tell us what the image of God is, who God really is. He wanted to restore the image of God. Today's story began with this. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow, and they meant Jesus, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Welcoming sinners and eating with them, that 
was the problem. That was a problem. They were offended by what Jesus did. Welcomed the sinners and ate with them. That offended Jesus. Not just because it's a cultural taboo, taboo and moral taboo, but because of spiritual reason. They were offended by what Jesus did. They believed that God saw sinners as dirty and untouchable. So it was right for them to stay away from the sinners, not welcoming them and eating with them. You stay away from the sinners. We can see where this kind of attitude came from, uh, could uh, come from. When you read Psalm 1, and Psalm 1 is uh, not only the introduction to the psalm, but is also introduction to life. Right from the beginning, blessed people and non-blessed people. So uh, the Psalm 1 talks about our life. And Psalm 1, chapter, uh, ver uh, chapter 1, verse 1 says, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of the scoffers. You don't sit with the sinners. What this passage really teaches us is stay away from the sinful, sinful way of living. That's what it uh, teaches us. Stay away from the sinful way of living. But they conveniently divided sinners and us. There are sinners out there and us, we are here. So, And they discriminated against the sinners and we stay away from the sinners. St. Paul later discovered that we are all sinners. We are all sinners. But they destroyed this passage by saying that we are non-sinners and they are the sinners and stay away from them. And when they saw Jesus welcoming the sinners and eating with them, they were upset. You can't do that. To this story came in this context. Today's story is the last one of three stories. We just read uh, the last one. The first one is about the sheep. But all three stories are about the ones who are lost. It's about being lost. All three stories. First one is about the lost sheep. Which one of you having a hundred, hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the other, the one that is lost until he finds it. And the second one is about the lost coin. What woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And the last one is about the lost son. For this son of mine was dead 
and is alive again, he was lost and is found. All three stories reflect God's attitude towards sinners. God did not see sinners as dirty and untouchable. God simply saw sinners as being lost. That's how God saw sinners. In today's story, the lost son wanted to eat with pigs. And at that time, pigs were considered as dirty animals. You don't just, uh, they don't eat pork. You don't just eat, I mean, he was trying to eat with the pigs and the pigs' food. The elder son saw his brother as dirty and untouchable. But the father did not see the son as dirty and untouchable. To the father, that son was a precious son. He was just lost. But he never stopped being a son. He was always his son. There was not a single moment when he was not son. To the father, he was always his precious son. He believed and hoped that someday he would come to his senses. And that was exactly what the son did. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. He came to himself. Meant he came to his senses. That's how NIV, New International Version, uh, translates when he came to his senses. The father was waiting for his son to come to his senses. That waiting was painful and agonizing. The scripture didn't describe it, but it was painful and agonizing. That was the image, image Jesus tried to portray the agonizing father who was waiting for his son to come to his senses and come back. I mean, the scripture doesn't describe the father's emotion, but from the story we can uh, kind of guess, we can predict what the father uh, was feeling. Verse 20, but while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. He was still far off. He could not see it physically with physical eyes that he was his son. How did he know that it was his son? How did he know that? Not because he was able to see it with his eyes, but because he was waiting every day. 
He was always looking that direction, waiting for his son to come back. So as soon as his son, he, the figure coming up, he knew, that's my son. That's my son coming back. That's how he knew. This image is very different from the image that people in Jesus' time had about the patriarchal father. The patriarchal father would not have this kind of attitude. Very different image and very radical image Jesus is portraying right now. Very different picture about God. Yes, Jesus used the image of father, but he redefined what the fatherhood is all about. It's not a patriarchal father that they were familiar with, very different father that he was drawing, portraying, redefining the image of the father. You know, sometimes artists are the greatest theologians, like Mozart or other uh, people. They, they, they describe uh, the spiritual reality much better than theologians sometimes. Rembrandt, there's a famous uh, uh, oil painting. The title is The Return of the Prodigal Son. When you, I mean, if you... Uh, Google it, you can find the picture very uh, easily. When you uh, see that picture very carefully, look at the father's face. He was not powerful, wise, dignified, and authoritative father, but a weak, broken, tired, sad, and near-blinded old man you see. That's how Rembrandt interpreted the story. And when you look at his hands, the father's hand, left hand is a very strong father, uh, the man's hand. But right hand is a very soft woman's hand. The, when you look at other Rembrandt's of paintings, that hand is same as the woman's hand. So on purpose, he put left hand as a father's, a man's hand, right hand, it's like mother's hand, woman's hand. Henry Nouwen uh, wrote beautifully about this story, the prodigal son, in his uh, book, uh, The Return of the Prodigal Son, A Story of a home, Homecoming. And he, he explained about how Rembrandt uh, saw uh, this story. He said, uh, so Henry Nouwen said this, the father is not simply a great patriarch. He is mother as well as father. We can see a feminine image of God in this father, not a patriarch or father. The very moment the father saw his son the scripture says that Jesus said he was filled with compassion. But while he was still far off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran and put his arms around and kissed him. 
filled with compassion. The word compassion in Hebrew is rachamim. This rachamim is womb love, mother's love. Isaiah also saw different image about God that was a long, long time ago. He had very interesting image of God. This is what Isaiah said. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Inscribed you on the palms of my hands. God did not stay away from the sinners. God actively reached out to the sinners. The father did not stay away from the son. He went and embraced him and kissed him. The first two stories about God who actively went out and searched for the lost ones. The shepherd went out and uh, to actively search for the lost sheep, the woman actively searched out for the lost coin. But in the third story, the father did not go out actively searching for his son. That is the difference between sheep and human beings, coin and human beings. If the father could find the son by actively searching out, he would have done it. But he knew that that was not what son needed. The father going out, actively searching. That's not what the son needed. Son needed to come back on his own, in his own time. And father knew that. Father had to wait for the son to come back on his own, in his own time. Waiting for the son to come back on his own was more difficult than going out and searching for the sun because you can do something about it. But just sitting at home and waiting for the sun, that was more difficult. Waiting with hope was same as going out and searching desperately for the sun. But he knew that that sun had to come back on his own, in his own time. Letting go of your son is as hard as possessing and controlling him. When the son asked for his portion of the inheritance, father could say no. Actually, he was very, very offended. My inheritance is something that you give when you die. 
after you die. You don't ask for the living father, give me my inheritance. You don't do that. Right, Josh? <laughs> you don't do that. You don't do things like that. He could have been very offended. He could have said, no, walk in the, go out and then with nothing. Right? So he could do that very well. But this father gave him what he wanted. Gave him what he wanted. Very different from the patriarchal father that they were familiar with. At that moment, the elder brother was so angry. What kind of father are you? He didn't say it, but deep inside. What kind of father are you? And he was so disappointed with this father from that point on. Later, when you look at it, when the uh, uh, elders responded, he said, listen. He was so angry to his father. Listen. Instead of father, he said, listen. He was already very angry. He didn't understand how hard it was for the father to let go. Physically, he let go, but his mind was always on his son. He prayed every day for his son to return home. As choir beautifully said, at the porch, he never turned off the light. He was waiting and waiting, praying and praying. That is image of God Jesus tried to portray. When we have the distorted image, we can never understand God and know God in a real way. When Jesus taught them and tried to restore that image in them, they didn't like it. They didn't like Jesus' teaching. They didn't like Jesus, what Jesus did. They were offended. They hate to hear what Jesus tried to say. And they even called him blasphemous. And ultimately, they killed him. Our God is broken God. Our God is in pain. Isaiah said, he was despised and rejected by others a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised and we held him of no account. That was the image of Jesus Christ. And that was image of God Jesus tried to portray through his life. 
That is the kind of God we know. It was all because of his love for us. His love was rahmi, compassion. Come means with. Passion means suffering. God's love is love of suffering with us, suffering for us, suffering because of us. That is God's love. This story is not a parable of the prodigal son. Wrong title. It's not about the son. It is story of a father who is in pain because, because of his love for his sons. This is how the story begins. There was a man who had two sons. So it is about this man. It is about this father. It is about God. It is a story of God. Living in this world, very hardened world, very competitive world, very sin-filled world, our image has become distorted. And that blinded us. And we cannot see God in a real way anymore. To know God, to see God, to experience God, that image needs to be restored. May the Spirit restore that image. Jesus tried to restore. Let us sing together.